First of all, I'd like to say a very warm welcome to everybody who is here with us and meetingafrica.com for the first time. We are particularly excited about today's workshop, Unspoken Rules for Women Who Are Climbing the African Corporate Ladder. If you were not with us last week, we held our first summit of Women Who Lead Corporate Africa, and we honored the 50 women who are at the top of African corporations. One of those women on that list is Aida Diaria, who is the head of Visa for all of Africa. Her title is Senior Vice President and Head of Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, we met Ida for the first time virtually. Um, many talk about how networking is quite different in the pandemic era and that we don't see people in person and can you really develop relationships when you're not in person? Well, I think that meeting Ida is a perfect example from my own personal experience of how you can meet someone virtually and develop a relationship, which is what has happened with Ida over the last year. This is an incredibly dynamic woman who has climbed the corporate ladder, originally born in Senegal, and has reached the pinnacle of one of the world's largest corporations for Africa. She is at Visa, we all know Visa, and she is the number one for Visa in Africa. A true accomplishment. She has held several other important professional accomplishments before this one. She had the same role for Western Union, another important financial services firm that all of us are familiar with. And so we are thrilled that Aida is here today and that she will be telling you her story about how she climbed the ladder in corporate Africa to reach the pinnacle. Following Aida, we will have Warwick Ng. This is someone else who I've had the privilege of getting to know virtually. Uh, Gorik is a career counselor at Harvard University, and he's the author of the best-selling book, The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. Gorik comes from a very modest background. His mother was a domestic worker and he helped her clean houses when he was growing up. He then went on to go to Harvard himself. And then after going to Harvard undergraduate, earned an MBA from Harvard Business School and went to work in some of the most prestigious private sector companies in the United States. And while he was in those companies, he recognized that there were a number of unspoken rules, things that he had not learned in his background that gave him a disadvantage operating in those environments. And he became very committed to helping others from backgrounds like his own understand the unwritten rules that exist within the private sector and large global corporates. His book is fantastic. We strongly encourage you to, to take a look at it, to buy it. And I think that you will find the interactive session with him to be quite dynamic. Following that, we're going to go into breakout groups. And we would like to hear from each one of you about what you think you need in order to get to the top. This today's session, of course, is targeted at people who have been working for less than five years in corporate Africa. And we want to learn from you. We want to know what are the hard skills you need? What are the soft skills you need? Do you think you have a chance to make it to the top? What do you need? How can you be supported to get there? So that's what we are hoping to get from you and learn from you today in our breakout sessions. Um, 
I can get you, let you know already that we're going to need some volunteers to take notes of those breakout sessions and to report back to the full group. So if you're so inclined, um, please think about perhaps playing that role in your breakout group. After the breakout group, we're going to come back together as one and we will have reports from those six breakout groups. Um, we will then do a poll and we will um, wrap up. Um, I must also start by uh, thanking our sponsors without, without whom this would not happen. We have our thought leadership partner, Standard Bank. And Standard Bank has been not only a sponsor, but they have collaborated with us in the design of this program. And we are very grateful to work with the thought leaders at Standard Bank who are particularly forward thinking in how they can contribute to seeing that more women climb the corporate, Africa, the corporate ladder in Africa. We also thank British Petroleum and we thank Old Mutual for their generous support as sponsors as well. So with no further ado, we're going to go back and we're going to hear from Aida Diaria. Given her, you her background and I'm just absolutely thrilled that she is with us today. You should know how important this meeting was to her. She had a very high level meeting today with um, senior people at her organization and her clients. Um, and she really needed to try to change the meeting, but uh, she asked if we could change the time and we said, no, we have people coming in from over 40 countries in Africa. And she said, all right, I will change my meeting to be there. So we thank you for um, what you've done, the sacrifice you've made to mentor others and to share your wisdom with the participants in our workshop today, Aida. So with no further ado, please, I'm gonna turn it over to you and tell us, Aida, Tell us about your story. First of all, Teresa, I have to thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to be with you today. And I uh, want to thank you for the amazing introduction um, that you have of me. Um, I have to say, though, that um, from the, pers the perspective I am in, I don't know that... Um, the journey has been around, you know, climbing the ladder or getting at the top. It was more about taking responsibility for positions I was in and wanting to make sure that um, I was impacting, you know, the business and the, the people around me and the communities we served. So thank you again for, for having me. Um, my, you know, I am one of many examples of women that are striving in uh, corporations in Africa and um, uh, also across, across the globe. Um, but my hope after the conversation today is that through my example, that is only one journey, yeah, among many, I would, um, you know, inspire trigger some thoughts, um, provide hope, and provide guidance to many other young ladies that are, um, you know, starting their career and that have some amazing opportunities within the organization they serve or they serve or other. Um, you know, my journey started, as you mentioned, um, in Senegal. I was born in Senegal. Uh, from parents originally from Mali and Niger. Um, but I never lived in both of these countries because my 
parents have been traveling and working in different um, countries across Africa, um, spent some time in Cote d'Ivoire and uh, in Ethiopia, then also had a few um, uh, years in, in Paris um, as I was going through high school. You know, as I reflect on my career and um, my personal journey, I believe that the foundation of what made me the leader I am today started at home. Um, I had the privilege to have parents that number one, um, believed and, 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 and shared with me that, you know, the sky was the limit. And, um, you know, that I should not let anybody define, uh, you know, who I was. Then second, um, both of them had challenged the status quo with regard to what the expected trajectory was for them as they were embracing their own careers, yeah. Uh, my mother was the first sociologist um, of her country. Um, father was destined to becoming a teacher in, uh, in Bamako and chose to, with his own savings, go to Europe, get a degree and become a, a, a professor. Some of the other, other values that I got from, um, from home was about you know, hard work, um, and also the sense of needing to make an impact, whatever you do, be it work, be it in your social life and in your family as well. So these were the point of departure um, uh, of my life and the values I received. And uh, uh, after you know, going to high school in uh, Senegal, Cote d'Ivoire and Ethiopia, I ended up um, you know, having a degree in France, um, in international, no, it was in um, economics first, and then had like a, a BA bachelor degree in finance and finished with an MBA in international um, management and uh, in, uh, in finance. My trajectory, uh, as I started my professional journey was about mainly applying the skill sets that I had. One of the first jobs that I had, and that's always a very big surprise to many, was a, a job in marketing in Paris um, in the Welding Institute. And I cannot tell you how many uh, people came to me and say, but welding, how are you gonna do marketing in a welding institute, you know, out of all um, industries. But what I looked at as the opportunity came to me was really how was the skill sets that I have? Was I expected or could I impact this industry by defining a marketing strategy, by defining a growth trajectory for an organization that had never had to go into sales before. And it was a, a fascinating journey. Um, there, I think, is where I, I had my first um, moment as a young African 
professional um, because it was an industry that was very much dominated by male and they were, you know, way older than I was. Um, and in an industry that was, again, like I said, had little, you know, um, a female representative. And there, I think, you know, the criteria for success, like I said, was just determination in getting, you know, the work done, um, understanding the need to build a rapport with your stakeholders and really make sure that we started with a point of departure that was a common ground for us to be able to have a meaningful journey and for, for me to establish credibility. A big, big uh, a moment there for me as a, uh, in my career. Then after that, I uh, started uh, my own business with a partner in the US and, and that was for me also an um, extraordinary journey um, because from there you needed, you know, when you have your own business, you probably have to do pretty much everything on your own, ranging from HR, business development, um, uh, accounting, um, procurement, you name it. And every deal that you make um, is only uh, a temporary satisfaction because you need to think already about you know, the next one. And um, um, it was in the telecom industry at the time where a lot of our markets in Sub-Saharan Africa were establishing their um, mobile uh, infrastructure and were sourcing their um, material and equipment in the US and uh, was able to be part of um, a phenomenal journey there as well. After that, and I think it's um, one of the job I had for um, the longest time was my um, uh, journey at uh, uh, Western Union. And there again, you know, I, I went from being an uh, assistant marketing manager to um, becoming the head of Africa um, after 14 years, 15 years or so. Um, but, you know, as I, I mentioned when I started, I did not have like, um, um, you know, a set goal or objective to achieve um, as I joined the company. It was more about, you know, making sure that I would impact the business I, I, I was um, um, uh, entrusted to lead. And every success, every promotion I received came as, you know, the result of um, the uh, impact I had and the, uh, you know, revenue that I was able to generate for the company um, and also the community that uh, uh, I was, you know, looking after in the context of that role, um, be, you know, and how I was able to, to transform, right? Um, at no point in time did I have um, conversation around, you know, the need to be promoted or me wanting more responsibilities. And I, I just had, you know, 
um, executives looking at performance and saying, wow, you know, there's something happening in this part of our business. Let's take a look at it and, and let's see who's driving it. And, you know, maybe we should um, expand the scope of responsibility. Um, the last example I'm going to give is also when I joined Visa, and then I'll go into the details of what I think, um, you know, contributed to, um, you know, me getting where I am. What are the skill sets that I believe, um, you know, in my case, contributed to um, um, uh, the growth trajectory that I experienced. But the next example I wanted to talk about is also Visa. Um, when the opportunity came to join Visa as a company, I, um, I looked at a certain number of things. Number one, I um, was able to see how with remittances only, we have been able to impact economies. You know, remittances represented up to 20% of GDPs of certain countries like the Gambia. Um, we also uh, realized the impact that we had at the microeconomic level, because every uh, transaction received through this formal channel was a, led to a multiplier effect within the economy, within the community, where people would start you know, to invest from the money they would receive. Banks were starting to diversify the portfolio of offerings because they would see a regular flow of income coming in. So my thinking has been, you know, was at the time, okay, if we were able to impact positively countries and individuals with only one type of flow, think about the uh, possible impact that we can have if we accelerate payment in Sub-Saharan Africa um, by digitizing more cash, by empowering more small business to accept digital payments, by offering more credentials to uh, consumers to access digital payment. And that was the key driver for me making the shift from um, you know, Western Union to Visa. And um, the journey is ongoing. Um, the task at hand is, is huge. But again, the potential and more importantly, the impact that, you know, companies that like the one I work for, like Visa, can have in enabling commerce, in facilitating payments, in creating opportunities across the continent, you know, are what, you know, keeps me going um, every day. So that's the, you know, the key driver. And I look at the position I'm in today more as a, as a responsibility to the company, to my team, to the continent, to be impactful and be successful as opposed to um, looking at it from a, from a personal growth perspective, uh, Although the, the growth is coming from the accomplishments, the learnings, the relationship buildings, and, and more um, that um, uh, you know are part of the role I'm in today. Some of the things that are building are fundamental. 
as, and please, Teresa, please stop me because you know I could go on and on. <laughs> so well, I, please, I, I, I love what you're saying and I don't want to stop you, but I, I do think that what you, you've said is very meaningful. And I think that, um, as you know, I would like to put it in context. We've done what we call the listening tour of the women CEOs in Africa. And in one of the things that you demonstrate in an extraordinary fashion um, that we see is humility. Um, humility and true dedication to your work. And I think that it, it is quite interesting to hear what you've said. I've been listening very carefully and as I imagine everyone has, in that you didn't say, you didn't start off by saying, I want to be in the number one spot and how do I you know, politically elbow others and do what it takes to just be the, uh, the, the number one. You said, let me focus on my work. Let me focus on the here and the now and being impactful and trust that um, you know, I'll end up where I'm supposed to be, just do a good job every day. And I think that that is a really important um, perspective. Uh, and, and I think that it, it's good advice because um, it probably does not make sense to just simply have a goal to be at the top. You know, maybe you shouldn't be at the top. Maybe someone doesn't have the skills to be at the top. <laughs> maybe, you know, it, every day just do what you're supposed to do and trust that things will work out in the end. And I think it's very humble of you to, to share that perspective. You know, and, and you're right. You know, it's... Um... As long as you have impact, and if you, I look at the trajectory of my career, the key denominator is to make sure that whatever I would do would translate into something better for the teams that I was, that I was leading and that I'm currently leading from you know, a business perspective, and then from a community and industry perspective altogether. You know, Teresa, but that said, if I was to reflect on um, you know, the, my career and provide some advice to our audience, there probably are a few things that I would have done differently. Yeah. I believe that um, the notion of networking that you and I discussed you know, very uh, often is one that I would have embraced probably earlier and sooner. And networking doesn't mean wanting to talk to everybody and anybody and at all costs, regardless of interest and whatnot. For me, it's really about building meaningful relationship, you know, in your career um, that will fast track your learning um, uh, trajectory that will provide you with guidance, right? And advice that will provide you with best practices. And that will help also your stakeholder understand better who you are. Because very often, you know, it took to your point, someone in that process to take a look at it and, and, and look at the performance and look at the trajectory to say, you know, there may be something in this person that we are not seeing or that is not visible enough. Let's see how we can give this person, you know, more responsibility and more exposure and whatnot. I believe that increasingly nowadays, um, building that set of, you know, relationship, partnership is fundamental 
to just make sure that you make things easy for you to navigate in your environment. And more importantly, that you fast track your, your, your learning, right? So that's one part of the, you know, advices that I, I would have for the audience. The other important thing, and, you know, I keep coming back to this because, you know, very often, um, and I see this as I, you know, I go into recruitment and whatnot, it is about, you know, entitlement, um, a title that I would, you know, the, the, the candidate is looking for, or sometimes compensation. And, and each of these pieces are important and play a role, right, in um, some of the decisions that you have to, to make at some point in your life. But one that I think is fundamental is how, as an individual in this given role, am I going to grow? And how am I going to drive impact? If you get into a position where you're not learning, you're not challenged, you are not passionate, and passionate doesn't mean that um, you know you are not facing any challenges, right? But as you go through that journey, you become a better professional, a better leader, you learn and you impact your environment. These for me are criteria that are fundamental as you make your, you know, your, your decisions um, in your career. You know, when I, um, I started to work at uh, Western Union, I was based in the US, right? And I um, had a pretty decent career and um, um, the head of Africa came to me and um, asked me if I wanted to come and join his team. And um, after discussing with him, after understanding what his vision was, um, after um, um, really looking at how the skill set I had could be applied to um, um, you know, the, the role he was offering, I decided to move to Africa. But that was a decision that nobody understood around me. Like, you know, you're having a comfortable position, you seem to be having like a good trajectory, why would you make the decision to go to, to Africa? The decision was based on the fact that I, it was the best opportunity for me to have a more rounded role. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I could leverage all the aspects of PNL management to impact, you know, um, the, the continent and the regions I were responsible for. And that was the fastest way and the best way to get there. So that's how I packed my um, belongings and uh, went to Morocco, for example. And I believe it was one of the best decisions I, I made. Yeah, and I took at the time. So important to think about what you wanna achieve and how the positions you're having are helping you build you know, the skill sets that, um, that, 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 that are required for you to get where you wanna be. The one thing also um, that I can add in terms of things I would do differently is probably speak up, yeah? Speak up because um, in many instances, I was in situation where 
I did not necessarily agree with the, uh, uh, you know, the strategy, or I did not uh, fully understand, understood, understand, sorry, what, um, you know, the strategic priorities were and why we were required to um, implement a few of them. You know, as I reflect now, you know, one should not be shy to just speak up, speak your mind up, you know, many times what you think is what many other people think, but will not necessarily, um, you know, uh, a volunteer to, um, to, um, to talk about, or if you have any questions, most likely another person in the audience or in your, you know, team will have the same questions. So speak up and that will make your learning, your growth, your journey, um, more enjoyable and more impactful. Teresa, I've been talking for quite some time. I'm not sure how we're doing on time. Well, I think we're but, not doing very well on time, but we're doing very well in terms of wisdom. So <laughs> I think that we will compromise a little bit of time. I don't think that anybody here will mind um, that if we run a little bit over, you know, as a result of hearing from you. Uh, this, is, this is wonderful. And I've been reading the chat and, um, and I think that people are really appreciating the insights. You know, let, let me just say, you know, a couple of things in response to, to your, your wisdom, Ida. I, I think that what I see in the chat is that people really do value hearing from, from, your, from you in terms of the substance and being really focused on your work and trusting that the right thing will happen. Um, clearly for you, the right thing has happened. Um, and that also speaks to your managers, those who saw you and acknowledged your work and gave you opportunities. There are others who may you know, be in a similar position and deliver good work, but are not fortunate enough to have managers who acknowledge them and provide new opportunities. What would you say to the women who are sitting in that position? And, and you know, that, that's why the notion of um, networking is very important, right? And, you know, it's, it's a terminology that I didn't really um, appreciate or liked, I would say, at first, right? Because it seemed like, you know, more of, you know, wanting to talk to people, wanting to have, you know, relationships that could be empty from a content perspective. But when you think of it, networking is about a certain number of things. Number one, it's engaging with stakeholders within your organization that are going to, number one, have visibility on what you do and that are going to be able to guide you in terms of, you know, providing insights, providing, again, best practices and whatnot. And it is important for you to have, you know, visibility with a certain number of stakeholders that are important in the field that is of interest to you, right? Um, if it is about, you know, in, in my case, uh, in the case of my industry, uh, somebody in my team interested in, you know, the commercial side of uh, our value proposition, that person would most likely, you know, make sure that 
they will connect with other, you know, um, employees that are in the same um, area within the within the, the business, uh, the visa business solutions, but also maybe reach out to the head of, you know, visa business solutions and say, you know what, this is the plan that I'm trying to build. This is how I'm trying to apply um, my roadmap. What do you think based on your expertise? What do you think? And that creates meaningful relationships. And that creates at the same time visibility for you, for people who can, you know, should an opportunity arise in a different place, think of you and say, oh, I've had the opportunity to speak to someone who was passionate about this area, you know, and who has demonstrated, you know, interesting innovation thinking. Let me make sure that I reach out to this person to, um, you know, to assess if this opportunity is of interest, for example, right? But these networking has to be, you know, opportunities have to be meaningful, right? Both for the person that you are reaching out to and for you as well. Well, Ida, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I can tell that everyone would like to go on longer. Um, but the good news is that Aida and I had a similar conversation that we have recorded. She is part of our listening tour at africa.com where we have spoken to the women on the definitive list of women CEOs, and they have been very generous with their time. And she has given us nearly an hour of this type of wisdom that she dropped on us and that is recorded. And soon you will be receiving a link um, to be able to see Ida's and other, um, although we love Ida, but um, similar um, interviews. And so we will make sure that you get that because we know that you want more than what has been afforded this morning. So again, I wanna thank you for leaving the meeting that you had to leave in order to be with us today. It's much appreciated by me and on behalf of all of the participants in today's workshop. Thank you for coming and thank you for sharing this. This won't be our last interaction. I know that we'll do more things with you in the future. You've been very generous with your wisdom. Thank you so much, Teresa, for the opportunity and all the best for the rest of your workshop. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Okay, well, as we said, uh, we are not doing great on time, but we're doing very great in terms of content. And now we're going to continue with another um, dynamic uh, speaker. Now, if you came in late, let me just um, repeat the introduction we have for the person who's gonna be running the next hour of this workshop. Um, Gorik Ng is a real unique uh, presenter, facilitator, trainer. Um, I've had the privilege of seeing the work that he's done with other groups and working very closely with him in the last month to prepare for today. And he has put a tremendous amount of energy into ensuring that you're going to have a really impactful in, in engagement with him. Um, it will be very interactive. And so let me just repeat his story. Um, you know, as we sit here and prepare for women in Africa, um, I must acknowledge that we're bringing to you a, an Asian man from the United States. Um, but you'll trust me when this is over that you don't care uh, what his gender or, or ethnicity is. Um, Warwick grew up with a very modest background. His mother was a domestic worker. He helped his mother clean toilets growing up. He found his way 
to Harvard University, where he was a student at Harvard College and he went on to get a Harvard MBA. He was uh, worked his way to some of the largest and most prestigious private sector companies in the United States and worked in these institutions. And when he got there, he saw that there were certain things that he did not know that his colleagues knew, colleagues from different backgrounds who might've had fathers who were uh, you know, executives themselves. There were things that they were taught that he did not know. And so he went on to write a book called The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. And I think that the insights that he is able to provide um, are just tremendously valuable. I think that you know, everybody should have an opportunity to hear him at the beginning of their career. It will make a very big difference in, in, in one's trajectory to not just have the substance and not just do a good job, but understand these unspoken rules. So with no further ado, I'm going to turn this over to Garrick, who's going to lead us for the next hour in a workshop. And we are very grateful to you, Garrick, for spending your time with us today. And it's all yours now. Thank you very much. Thank you again for, for being here today. I'm going to share with you some strategies for early career success based on a book I recently released with Harvard Business Review called The Unspoken Rules secrets to starting your career off right. And if the content of this presentation ends up resonating with you, I invite you to come onto my website, gorick.com, where you can download an excerpt of my book to get a sneak peek of what it looks like inside. Now, we have such a large audience here today, over 500 professionals across so many different countries and job types and functions that I would just love to get a sense of who's in the room with us today. So I would love for you all to open your smartphones, open a new browser tab, and go on to a website called pollev.com slash Gorek. That's P-O-L-L-E-V dot C-O-M slash G-O-R-I-C-K. And I invite you to answer the first question, which is, which country are you from? I know a number of you have already pasted your answers in the chat window. It'd be interesting to take a look at where you all are coming from in a word cloud. And we're going to see this live. So please take a moment, go on to pollev.com slash G-O-R-I-C-K. We have Ghana showing up already. And for those of you who have this browser tab open, please keep it open. I'm going to make the session as interactive as possible despite us being an ocean away from each other. So please keep it open. That screen will refresh. Just keep it open. And we're seeing now Mozambique, Zambia, the United Kingdom, Singapore, Ghana, Taiwan, Nigeria, Botswana, Sierra Leone, Washington, Uganda, Malawi. Wonderful to see the, the results come in. And once again, for those of you who are joining us just now, I invite you to participate in the first of many polls that we'll have in the session. Please go on to poll ev dot com slash Gorick 
That's P-O-L-L-E-V as in Victor dot C-O-M slash G-O-R-I-C-K. You can open that up in a new browser tab or you can open it up on your smartphone. And once you've entered your country, I invite you to please keep that browser tab open. Please keep your smartphone out. We're gonna have many more polls to come where we're gonna get a sense of who's in the room, what your aspirations are, where you are in your careers, and so many more questions that I'm sure uh, many of you are curious about as well as we have over 500 people here with us today. We're seeing great representation here from Nigeria, from Kenya, from Botswana, from Zimbabwe. So inspiring to see all the terrific talent that we have here with us today. This is so inspirational just to even see the, the response come through. And uh, given all of the polls that we have in the session, I want to make sure that we have enough time to get through everything. So I'm going to give you all perhaps just 10 more seconds to submit your responses. And then I'm going to move forward to the next poll. So I'm, I'm seeing the, the word cloud continue to evolve, but there will be a time shortly when I'll, I'll move on to the next question. All right, as I see the word cloud here start to slow down and I start seeing participants over the 500 here that we have with us today uh, plateau, I'm going to move on to the next screen. So once again, please keep that browser tab open. I'm gonna move on to the next one. And that next question is, which industry do you currently work in? Go ahead and type that out. Which industry do you work in? I see a lot of telecommunications. I see banking. I see transportation. I see healthcare. I see insurance, automotive, outsourcing, beverage, gas, consumer goods, travel, research and development, professional services, software, agriculture venture capital, fintech, investments, communication, renewable energy, public relations, legal, social sector, energy, education. It's just so wonderful to see this variety this diversity of backgrounds that you all hail from. Financial services, oil and gas, consulting, mining, legal, private equity, tax, telecom, government. Super exciting to see this all come through. And for those of you who are joining us, I see that the participant list is continuing to grow please go on to pollev.com slash G-O-R-I-C-K to participate in this word cloud. As you can see, as your submissions are coming through, we'll be seeing it all in real time, all 500 plus of us in this group. Now, as I see this 
the, the results plateau here. I'm going to move forward to the next poll. We're going to have many more. So please keep that browser tab open. Please keep your smartphones open as well. The next question is around your job function. And I noticed a, a number of you may have already submitted that question, that answer rather, but I'd love to hear which job function do you currently work in? Are you in sales? Are you in marketing? <laughs> Someone in marketing has already just submitted. Sales, investments, operations, human resources, operations, procurement. Wow, the word cloud is exploding here in a, in a terrific way. Research and development, administrative, strategy, compliance, technical, credit, software, engineering. Wow, this is incredible. Human resources, M&A, governance. We have directors here with us. We have accounting with us, advisory, medical, policy, communications. We have a physician with us here today. We have multiple given the size of the, the word doctor. We have training, we have medical, clerks, public affairs, this is really exciting. Thank you all. And as I see the word cloud here as well, Plateau, I'm going to move forward to the next poll. We have a number just to get a sense of who is in the room. Of course, there will be content that will follow after this session. So thank you all for participating, for typing in your responses. We have a lot of ambition. We have a lot of expertise. We have a lot of unique lived experiences. So thank you very much. I'm going to move forward to the next poll. So keep that browser tab open. The next question is how many years have you been out of school and working full-time? I know we have a number of early career professionals, which is why we have less than one year to 10 years as many bar charts. Though it looks like we have a lot who have over a decade of experience. So I should have extended the time uh, the timeline here, we have over half who have over 10 years of experience. Really exciting to see the range of experiences with us today. And for those of you who are just joining us, once again, go on to pollev.com slash G-O-R-I-C-K. We can see that we have quite a range of work experiences. Over 50% of you have over 10 years of experience. So just a wealth of knowledge, wealth of expertise here in the room. And as I see the questions plateau, I have just a few more before we go into the feature presentation. The next question is, do you currently manage or supervise anyone in your role? Do you have interns? Do you have apprentices? Do you have individual contributors who you lead? Or are you an individual contributor yourself? Which is a fancy way of saying you don't manage anyone. You might be a subject matter expert. You might be at the entry level. You might be a frontline employee. What we're seeing here is about 70% of you managing folks and 30-ish percent of you not managing folks. Really interesting to see the results come through. Now, the next question is a question that I'm personally really eager to know about 
which is what is your primary professional goal right now? Are you interested in moving up, getting promoted? Are you interested in moving internally or laterally? So moving divisions, moving functions, moving departments. Would you like to move externally? So you're in an organization now, but you're eager to move to the next organization. You'd like to step up in your current role. You'd like to make more of an impact, make more of a contribution. So I frame that as you want to thrive in your role. You want to step up. Or would you like to keep up? Would you like to survive? So perhaps be better with time management, keeping up, learning, growing, securing that foothold in your position. And what I see here is about 30% of you are eager to move up. Actually, many of you want to step up in your current role, followed by move up, followed by move externally, followed by move laterally, and then finally survive. What I, what I sense from this just through the screen in two dimensions across an ocean is there's a lot of ambition in this room. There's a lot of talent in this room. You have moved beyond just simply surviving to now thriving from keeping up. You've already done that. That's a thing of the past to now moving up, moving organizations, and ultimately moving up to a position that Ida is in, for example. Exciting to see this ambition across my screen. Now, one of the last polls here is a bit of a self-reflection exercise. I'd love to hear from you about what does career success look like to you? How do you define success? What I realized in my research is that success is personal. And some of us are, are eager to move up, become CEO, take on the position of someone like Aida, for example. Others might have a different version of success. I'm seeing here that many of you are eager for impact, eager for purpose, to gain greater influence, to have an unblemished reputation, to make an impact, to make an impact on your clients, to become a recognized thought leader, impact, remuneration, and fulfillment, all three, making an impact. I see so much here around making an impact. So it's not surprising to me that you all are here today and that the message that Ida shared with all of us resonates so much because impact is what really brings us all together here today. I'm going to read out some of the additional responses for those who are not on their computers. I see growth and impact to the community. I see achieving the set goals. I see growth. I see satisfaction. I see making a positive impact. And for those of you who are joining us here just now, once again, go on to pollev.com slash G-O-R-I-C-K. That's going to open up a, a tab where you'll see a question, which is describe what career success looks like to you in a few words. Please fill it out. And please, once you finish, keep that tab open. We will return to it after later on in this presentation. You want to achieve excellence, I'm seeing impact, recognition, leaving a legacy, having purpose, achieving autonomy, achieving efficacy, making a difference, work-life balance, impacting people's lives positively, 
delivering results and making an impact. I could imagine that if this were a word cloud instead of a running list, that impact would be the largest by far, the largest here. And I, I want to emphasize as well that this poll isn't just for me, although it's inspiring and informative for where we will take this presentation next. I want you to take a look at this list as well and see how your fellow professional women are defining success in their own words. In those times of doubt, in those times when you might feel uncertain, when you might maybe feel less motivated. I want you to look at this list, recall this list, and know that you aren't alone. Know that you have many fellow travelers in this journey and that so many of you are aspiring to making an impact, finding purpose, growing, and developing yourselves. So thank you again. I'm seeing the results here plateau a little bit. So I'm going to move ahead and dive into the strategies that I discovered in my research, interviewing professionals who have been in your shoes before. Teresa was super generous in sharing piece of my background with all of you. As Teresa mentioned, I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, shown here on the pin. My mom left school when she was 12 years old to work in a sewing machine factory. And I was lucky enough, blessed enough to start my education off at Harvard University and then on Wall Street working in financial services at Credit Suisse followed by management consulting at Boston Consulting Group. And when I approached the corporate world for the first time, not only for myself, but on behalf of my family, I saw a pattern. I saw a pattern where we had so many in the US alone, there are 4 million new grads who go from school to work every year, millions across the Sub-Saharan and in broader African continent, and just millions across the world. I saw professionals early in their careers lining up, some having maybe a slower start, some maybe having a running start, some being pulled into meetings, some maybe being left out of meetings, some speaking up and being heard, some perhaps playing more of a passive role, some having an additional chair added to the boardroom table, others perhaps working but not necessarily being recognized some making an impact, some perhaps less so. And I saw this trajectory advance, advance, advance all the way until I saw some professionals being respected by their peers, receiving more important responsibilities, getting promoted, making an impact, really having this upward trajectory in their careers. Meanwhile, I saw others who were struggling, who are put onto performance improvement plans, who aren't getting promoted and who ultimately leave their organization. Now, I saw this and I thought, wow, after having spent so many years of our lives in school, no matter if you were on the trajectory of person A or the trajectory of person B, that was the trajectory of school, which halted when we started our careers. And at that point, there was a reset where certainly there are pay gaps, gender-wise, geographically, in terms of job functions, there are many inequalities that exist in the labor market. However, when it came to two people showing up in the same role, there was a reset. 
And all of the preparation that we had done over the course of our educational careers brought us only so far. How we navigate the world thereafter in our careers and lives, that was something that school doesn't prepare us for. And that is up to so many of us to figure out through trial and error in the same way that I did. At which point I thought, wow, how inefficient for all of us to be going through so much of this through trial and error. What if we could bottle up the life experience, the wisdom of folks like Ida, and deconstruct the component parts down to tactics that any of us can apply in our early careers to get further, faster? Which led to me asking a single question, which is, what separates those who get ahead from those who stumble? What separates those who end up in the positions of someone like person A from someone like person B? And this single question led to me interviewing professionals across geographies, industries, and job types to understand this exact question. And five years later, I released it all in a book called The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. So what did I learn? in my research. I learned that we see success on the outside. What we don't see is all of the maneuvering, all of the unspoken rules that someone like person A was able to navigate. And I'm going to deconstruct it for you all here in a timeline. On the x-axis, on the horizontal line, we have tenure, which I'm going to extend out to let's say two years, although that's an arbitrary amount that could extend out to 10 years and beyond. And on the y-axis, on the vertical line, I have promotability, which is really code in this context for whether someone is getting more important responsibilities, making an impact, and ultimately getting invited to those high-profile assignments and meetings and opportunities. What I saw were things that person A was doing and not doing that was in contrast to person B. And it started even before someone joined. For example, person A learned about the inner workings of the organization, who's who, what they care about, what this organization does before they show up. So that by the time they show up, they're looking and sounding like an insider and they're looking competent on day one. They're reaching out to their coworkers to connect and building allies early on, something that we all talked about um, with Ida's keynote just now. They're helping with whatever others are working in on. They're volunteering, they're stepping up, but they're also doing a good job. So they're exceeding expectations and building allies. They're so showing up to socials. We talked about networking. We talked about building relationships. They're building relationships with their colleagues and higher ups. And moreover, they're following up after these encounters. So meeting more people, including potential mentors in the organization. Again, they're following up. They're learning about these individuals' priorities, and they're getting introduced to even more colleagues. So they're expanding their network in the organization, which is building both their competence, but also their confidence, because they're aware of what's going on in the organization beyond their specific role, beyond their specific department, and they're able to see the big picture to a point where they're able to speak up in meetings. At which point, given the human capital they've developed, the social capital they've developed, and also the reputational capital they've developed, they're getting invited to high profile assignments. They're doing well and ultimately reaching this point where they're making an impact, getting promoted, et cetera. And this is in contrast to someone like person B who may not necessarily be on this upward trajectory of competence and confidence. What are they doing? Well, 
perhaps they're coming into this organization not having a, an idea of what the cultural norms may be. Maybe they're showing overdressed, underdressed, or late, and maybe looking and sounding like an insider. Maybe they're in the remote world, there are disparities in terms of our abilities uh, to show up fully, not only just in terms of voice, but in terms of um, on the two-dimensional screen. So maybe they're, they're not seen or heard. Maybe they're waiting to be told what to do. And when they're told what to do, not asking clarifying questions, which in the eyes of other people make others wonder if maybe they're looking apathetic. Maybe they're declining optional events. And we're gonna talk about this shortly of why this might be. They're not following up. Maybe they're struggling to follow along in meetings and it doesn't look like they're maybe trying to learn. And they're looking at someone like person A and they're wondering how is it that this person could have such a smooth, at least on the outside trajectory, at which point maybe they don't make it to the two-year, five-year, 10-year mark in an organization and they end up leaving. Now, I'm oversimplifying here with a vignette like person A and person B. Very rarely is success going to be linear. Very rarely are we going to have the experience of person A or person B strictly. More frequently and more realistically, we're going to have data points that resemble that of person A and data points that resemble that of person B, where all of these add up to some of us being on the green line, which I would encourage and have the faith in all of you to do, rather than the red line. So what does it take to put yourself as much as possible on this upward sloping line? I call it the three Cs which I think of as the unspoken rubric to, have, to, to getting ahead, to keeping up, to stepping up. And it's the invisible rubric that is hovering above each of our heads when we show up as professionals in the workplace. And it is framed in a Venn diagram. I call them the three Cs because they stand for competence, commitment, and compatibility. And the idea is this, the minute you show up as a professional, whether it's in your resume, your cover letter, in a coffee chat, in an interview, and especially when you show up before clients and coworkers and partners and higher-ups, the people around you are sizing you up and they're asking themselves three questions. Question one is, can you do your job well? Which is the question of, are you competent? Question two is, are you excited to be here? Which is the question of, are you committed? And finally, do we get along? which is the question of, are we compatible? So competence, commitment, compatibility, the three Cs. Your job, frankly, all of our jobs, including Ida's job, she showed competence, she showed committee, she showed commitment, and she showed compatibility. She demonstrated those three Cs. And really that's the North Star as professionals aspiring to make an impact uh, to, to rise up to the ranks. If you show competence, people will trust you with more important responsibilities. Ida mentioned this in the context of showing business impact, of higher ups looking at the reports of the organization and realizing, wow, who is this person who is driving this degree of business impact? We need to pay more attention to this individual. At the same time, she's showing commitment, at which point those around her were investing in her career and saying, Ida is someone who is clearly committed to the business objectives of our organization. She's stepping up. 
we want to invest in her just as much as she's invested in us. And at the same time, she was building relationships. She was networking. And as a result, she was building compatibility with those around her, at which point those around her wanted to work with her. So what does this all mean? These three C's of competence, commitment, and compatibility. Well, competence is my way of saying that you can do your job fully, accurately, and promptly without needing to be micromanaged and without overshooting the mark and making others look bad. So there's really a spectrum here of showing competence without coming across as overbearing, showing competence, sufficient competence that you might not come across as, as, as apathetic or as clueless. Commitment means that you're fully present and eager to help the team achieve its goals, but not so eager that maybe you're threatening or putting others on the defensive. And compatibility means that you get along with your coworkers. Now, I'm framing this in the three C's and with slides and with Venn diagrams as if it's easy to achieve, but the challenge is it's a function of so many things. Certainly your drive and your competence matter, but our identities matter as well. Our personal circumstances matter as well. The biases of the people around us matter as well. And so our ability to demonstrate those three C's is going to be influenced by gender, by ethnicity, by class, by sex, by sexual orientation, by your abilities and disability. Religion plays a role, ageism, language barriers, nationality, vocal pitch, especially as we're talking about public speaking, access to transportation and your ability to even show up at these events, your physical appearance, family commitments that might prevent you from, from stepping up outside of work, your degree of introversion and extroversion, your educational background, and societal expectations towards all of these different areas. And as I think about this for myself, someone who's coming from a working class background, class certainly played a role. When it came to my age and presenting as someone who was younger in his career, as someone who didn't have the money to pay for expensive clothes, physical appearance, as someone who's shorter, certainly the remote work era has allowed those of us who might be on the shorter side to still be seen and heard. But there have been research, there has been research that has shown that height is correlated with earnings, with promotability. As an introvert, navigating networking was always a challenge. And all of this in combination with educational background, there was an expectation that because I had come from Harvard, that I had all of these tailwinds going for me that I would have money, that I would have privilege. Certainly I did from educational background, but not in my personal upbringing per se. And so I don't want to frame this as a matter of self-help. It's much more nuanced than that. And I'm gonna go into this shortly. So as we think about the trajectories of person A and person B and the gap that exists, there's you and there's others. And there's all of those different challenges that we just highlighted just now, where your ability to make an impact, to get promoted, to make it up to the top is going to be a function of how you see yourself. It's going to be a function of how you conduct yourself. But 
your actions and mindsets can only get you so far. It's also a function of how others treat you. And this is where we need allies. We need people to mentor us. We need people to pull us into more important responsibilities. And their willingness to do that is going to be a function of how others see you. So I don't want to say for a second here that it's only about self-help. Our society's ability to get so many more of you to positions like Ida's and beyond are going to require that all of us help. So think about the three C's as a pair of lenses that you put on for assessing to what extent you might be performing, overperforming, or underperforming compared to your coworkers. Use it as a lens through which to analyze the workplace, to analyze your own trajectory. But that's not all. What I used to think and what I often hear from professionals is it's all about doing your job well. But what I now think and what I now want you all to remember, it's yes, it's about doing your job well, demonstrating those three C's, but it's also about demonstrating that you can be trusted with more important responsibilities. I call this the two questions of are you reliable and are you promotable? And Ida was able to demonstrate both of these, where in addition to asking themselves whether you're competent, committed, and compatible, people are asking themselves, can you do your current job well? Are you demonstrating competence now, here and now? But also, can you be trusted with more important responsibilities? And in the workplace, whether it's visible or invisible, there is something called a nine box matrix, which many large corporations use. Along the bottom is low performance, medium performance, high performance, which is a fancy way of calling, are you reliable? And along the edge is promotability of how likely are you to succeed if you were to be given more important responsibilities? What does it take to show performance, to show competence? Well, you're responsive, you're organized, you're detail-oriented, you're professional, you're following through, you're doing what you say you will do. These are really just the baseline expectations for all of us. However, once you've achieved that, then it's about stepping up, which I know many of you want to do, which means that you know why you're doing what you're doing. You're not just doing, you're not just understanding how to do something and what to do. You're also understanding what's the big picture. You have an answer and a point of view, so you're showing up and speaking up, something that we also talked about. You're addressing problems and asking questions before they arise. You're staying on top of the latest development, so not just looking down, but looking across the organization and maybe across your industry. And you're proactively offering better ways to solve issues. Showing performance is important, but it's necessary, but not sufficient. Where if you show performance, that's great, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that someone will see you as promotable. Now, showing potential also isn't sufficient. And of course, showing neither is not where you wanna be. You really wanna be at the top right-hand corner of this three by three matrix, where people are thinking, you're a future leader, let's give you more important responsibilities. And you wanna be in the green zone here as close to the top right-hand corner as possible. You wanna be here, not on the opposite end of the of the nine box matrix. Now, you, we all start off showing reliability. So you wanna start by showing performance, but you ultimately wanna to move to showing potential. This means moving from just simply executing, doing your tasks to strategizing, having a point of view. You're going from asking questions to suggesting 
ideas. You're going from gathering information, just doing research, to synthesizing the research and answering the question of why does this matter? You're following in meetings to steering meetings. And I call these four steps A plus B plus C plus D. I call it level seven ownership. A is when you're tasked with a project. B is when you have a question. C is when you're researching something. And D is when you're in meetings. And these are four situations that we'll all find ourselves in at work. We're going to have some polls coming up, by the way, shortly. So if you haven't, if you've closed that browser tab or turned off your smartphone, please return to pollev.com slash Gorik. That screen will update shortly. But what I want to show you before we get to the polls is I want to show you a Y and an X axis again where ownership is really a fancy way of talking about how much are you in the driver's seat and owning the work that you're doing and owning the role that you're in. On the other end is impact, which is really the theme of today's conversation. How do you make more of that impact? Well, when it comes to situation A, when you're tasked with a project, when you're delegated an assignment, there are really seven steps of ownership, seven layers rather, of ownership that you can possess. You could have the mindset and the attitude of, hey, that's not my job, which would be level one. One step up, level two is what I did a lot, which was smiling and nodding and saying, sounds good, I will do this now. However, what I didn't appreciate, especially transitioning from school to work, is that saying yes isn't the key to getting promoted. It's necessary, but not sufficient. It's only level two. What people expect is for you to step up. So to clarify, so you say, I'd love to help. Can you help me understand X? So you're asking questions, clarifying the expectations. That's level three. And then you're accepting the task. But number four is you're contemplating now. So you're saying, yes, can you help me understand this? But you're also saying, okay, but what about this? What, what about this thing that we haven't talked about? Could you please clarify that? Level five is you're doing all of the above, but you're also suggesting. So you're saying, what about this? Okay, would it be helpful if we tried this as well? Level six is you're doing all of the above and proposing now. So you're saying, yes, can you help me understand this? Okay, what about this? Would it be helpful if we tried this? Okay, I can go ahead and do this. How does that sound? So you're now not just having the conversation, you're pushing the conversation forward. So the point where you reach level seven, which is where you're managing the process as well. So you're saying, great, what about this? Have we tried this? How does it sound? Great. What I'm gonna need is for you to, what it sounds like our next steps sound like is we're gonna have to have a meeting with so-and-so across this other department. Would you by chance be able to broker an introduction? Or it sounds like we're gonna have to have a meeting about this next week. Would it be helpful if I put some time on the calendar for us, for us all to align. In other words, you're going from executing to strategizing. And at each point you're asking yourself, wait, why? Why are we doing this in the first place? You're not just thinking about the how, you're not just thinking about the what, you're thinking about the why. Now here we're gonna return to the poll where I'd love for you all to ask yourselves, what level of ownership do you think you are at as it relates to receiving projects? Are you level one, level two, level three, 
or any of the other ones leading up to level seven. No one has to know how you respond, by the way. So please answer as, as honestly as, as you can, as you are willing. And I would love to see where you all are. And I'm going to advance ever so slightly to the next slide where I can start seeing where you all are. Go ahead and go on to pollev.com slash G-O-R-I-C-K. And once again, go ahead and self-report. Where do you think you are on these seven layer levels of ownership. And I'm starting to see here the poll come through. I'm gonna keep going back and forth so you all can see once again, which level you're at. Now, my, the purpose, the intent behind this poll isn't to say, oh man, why are you at this level? We all are starting off at different levels. And frankly, school, only teaches us how to get to maybe level one or two. What it doesn't teach us is how to advance to a level seven. And so regardless of where you are in this area, for the level ones, ask yourself, how can I move to a level two? For the level twos, how can I move to a level three? For the level threes, how can I move to a level four? That's my challenge to you all, is to move from where you are to the next level up. Now, I'm seeing here a great deal of you operating at that higher level. I also have a challenge for those of you who are at the higher levels to help those who are one level down ascend to the level that you're at. That's my challenge to you all. Next is situation B, where you have questions. Level one is to not clarify. Level two is to ask open-ended questions such as, okay, I noticed this, what do I do next? Level three is not just approaching your supervisor, your team with an open-ended question of what do I do, but offering options saying, I noticed this, would it be helpful if I did A or B? So I noticed we're having this client meeting this coming week, should we go ahead and, and for example, have an agenda that we would socialize with these other, other teams? Or should we define the agenda and just send it out? Level four is presenting a point of view. And I'm going, so you're saying, I noticed this. I was thinking of doing this because of this. Am I thinking about this the right way? So I noticed that we pulled an HR report that showed our retention rates in this area and this area. I was thinking of perhaps creating a dashboard for this that we could present to the executive team. Would this be helpful? Next is sharing a default. So saying, I noticed that we have some alarming statistics around our customer retention rates 
I propose that we convene a meeting where we can talk about some of the drivers and some of the implications, because this seems like something that's important and urgent. Let me know if you feel differently or if we're going to talk about this in a future setting. Next is number six. So I noticed that so-and-so isn't able to meet this coming week's meeting because they are going to be out of town or out of the country. I propose that we reschedule for the week after. I noticed that you're going to be on vacation. So I think either Tuesday or Wednesday would work. I would prefer that we approach this on Tuesday as soon as possible. Let me know if you feel differently. I'd love to send this email out by close of business. And then finally, level seven. Not all of us, by the way, will get up to level seven, depending on the culture of the organization and hierarchy. Um, depending on the culture will influence a great deal of how much ownership you are able to possess in, in, in this ladder. But in some organizations where you're having so many, so much ownership and so much impact that you're now sharing material updates. So you're saying, I want to let you know that I've gone ahead and scheduled this meeting with the committee because we're going to have to get us all together. This is also the only time that works. Let me know if you have any questions or if you'd like to discuss further. So you're, again, going from asking to suggesting, and you're asking yourself, what would I do in this situation? If I didn't have anyone to go to for help, what's my point of view? And once again, I want you to go on to pollev.com and ask yourself, what level of ownership are you at right now as it relates to asking questions? Are you at a level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? And we're seeing here now over 500 of you participating in this exercise. I'm going to go back a slide so you can all get a refresher on which of these seven levels you're currently at. And I'm going to flip back and forth just because I'm eager to see how you all respond. From level two to level seven, we're seeing a, a pretty even split here of about 15% for each of the four, the, the, the six levels rather. Very few of you perhaps at a level one. Many of you at a level three. Many of you, many of you starting to step up. So as I think back to the original bar chart that I, that I shared with you all of what you'd like to do, it seems like so many of you are already thriving in your roles, really stepping out, making that additional impact. So it's encouraging to see that you're going from just saying, what do I do? To now saying, this is what I think we should do. And once again, no one has to know how you responded. This is anonymous. What's important is you know where you are and you know where you could be. C is when you're researching something. And here, if you're asked, hey, can you build this list of companies who are competitors to us? Option one is to give up and to say, hey, I couldn't find anything. Level two is giving what others asked for. So here's the list that you wanted me to gather. Level three is gathering that list, but also sharing what others didn't ask for that could be relevant. So you're saying, here's the list of companies. I also found a list of overseas entrants to the space that isn't just specific to Africa, but I noticed that these are potentially companies that we could look to in Europe, that we could look to for inspiration. 
Level four is you're doing all the above and you're explaining why you should care. And you're saying, here's the list that you asked me to gather. This is an additional list that I think we should be considering as it relates to overseas companies that could be competitors to us. This is relevant because I noticed that two of these companies have actually just announced initiatives in South Africa. We should be keeping an eye on them. And level five is when you're starting to say why, what this means for what others are trying to achieve. So you're saying the implication of this is, the implication of this entrant into our space is they're going to be highly capitalized. They're hiring executive teams from our competitors. The implication is if we're going to move ahead with this product, with this service, with this campaign, that we need to keep an eye on what they're doing and maybe adjust our timelines, maybe tweak the degree of investment that we're, that we're allocating currently to this. Now, level six is reframing the question altogether. So you're saying, my understanding is that we're trying to answer the question of this. I found this, the implication is this. Let me know if there's anything I'm missing. So you may have been asked to gather that list of competitors in the space, but maybe that's not what people actually need, even though that's what they want. So you're saying, my understanding is that we're trying to have, to present to our client a competitive landscape of where they are. And what we're really trying to answer in this question is, should we open this line of business? In addition to looking at the competitive landscape, we need to look at the break-even of this business or the total addressable market of this, of this, of this service or offering. That's perhaps the first question we should be answering is, are we entering into a large enough market? You're reframing the question. And level seven is proposing a next step and saying, my understanding is that we're trying to answer the question of this. I found that actually this is a relatively small market. The implication is, although there are not a lot of incumbents in this market, it's a small market to begin with. So my suggestion is that we look at whether there may be other markets that we should be entering into so that we can compare A to B to C to D before we go ahead and conduct this market map. Let me know if it'd be helpful for me to perhaps bring this person into this conversation or this other person into this conversation. So you're going from just simply gathering information to now synthesizing the information and you're asking yourself, so what, why are we even doing this in the first place? And now once again, go on to pollev dot com slash g-o-r-i-c-k and ask yourself what level of ownership are you currently at one two three four five six seven we have over 500 of you now participating submitting your poll responses and as the poll is continuing to evolve i'm going to go back a slide to see to show you all where you are once again take a moment be honest with yourself about where you are. And again, it's not just about self-help, it's also about we all needing to help, whether you're able to operate at a level six or a level seven will depend a great deal on your reliability currently. So the point where people are eager to hear your thoughts, but it's also a matter of whether people are pulling up a chair at the table where you can be approaching this at a level six or a level seven. And here I'm seeing 
a bit of a bell curve of folks primarily, not primarily rather, but 26% of you, the largest bar chart at a level four with a roughly even split of those who are below a level four and above a level four with the average here about, let's say a 20%, a 15% across the different bars. Now, here's the last one, which is while you're in meetings and we're on in meetings all the time, level one is to stay quiet. Level two is to say, I agree. Level three is to, I agree, but it's because of this. Level four is not just saying what's on the page, but talking about what's not on the page. So yes, I agree, but I'm not as sure about this. Level five is justifying why you feel the way you feel. So I agree because of this. I'm not as sure about this because of this. Level six is now pushing the conversation forward. So you're proposing. So you're not just agreeing. You're not just disagreeing. You're not just critiquing, but you're also saying, the implication is this, have we considered this? And then finally, level seven is following up. So you're saying, have we considered this? And maybe after the meeting, you're approaching this person afterwards and saying, just want to follow up about this conversation. Would it be helpful if I assisted with this project at all? So you're going from following the conversation to now steering the conversation. And you're forcing yourself to ask the question, what's my point of view in this matter? So once again, one of the last polls in our session what level of ownership are you at when it comes to attending meetings? Are you staying quiet? Are you agreeing? Are you critiquing? Are you justifying? Are you proposing? Are you now managing? And it's great to see so many of you now participating here. I see a bit of a skew towards the upper end of the ownership ladder. Many of you more of you operating on the right end of this chart than the left end, which is fantastic to see. And once again, my challenge to you is regardless of where you are, that's not going to dictate where you end up. My challenge to you is how do you rise from the level that you're at to one level above? Now, all of this is really just you stepping up, making that impact, going from surviving to thriving. So you're, again, executing now, but I challenge you to start strategizing. You may be asking now, I challenge you to suggest. You might be gathering now, I, I challenge you to synthesize. If you're following now, I challenge you to steer. You're doing A plus B plus C plus D. And I wanna wrap up with a story of Ketty, someone who was in your shoes, from chapter 15. She got hired as a temporary office assistant and she became the youngest manager in her company's history. To the outsiders, how she got from here to here was a black box. No one quite knew, but when I spoke to our manager, I started realizing that she took a series of, of steps to get from where she was to where she could be, something that no one had done before. She completed her work fully accurately and promptly. She showed competence, but she went a step beyond where she didn't have the point of view of, that's gonna be enough to get me promoted. That's only the first step. One day she overheard some of the higher-ups complaining about not being able to find enough nurses to place in hospitals as a staffing company. And she thought to herself, I might be a temporary office assistant, but 
there's more that I can do, especially since so many of my coworkers, my, so many of my friends aren't even relying on the platforms that we as a staffing company are using right now. She thought, duh, you're not thinking about this the right way. So she did some outside research and she found that many of the nurses in her city were in fact looking for jobs elsewhere on social media instead of on these job boards or relying on the telephone. So she went up to her manager and, and, and pitched the idea. She led a successful campaign to create some social media profiles and campaigns. And ultimately, she became the youngest marketing manager in her company, all from having overheard others' needs, stepping up to volunteer, doing her job fully accurately and promptly, and then ultimately getting recognized for it. But again, success is not linear. There's going to be day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month volatility. The important thing is you're on the trajectory that's upwards rather than the trajectory that is downwards. And so many of the topics that we talked about that Aida inspired us to think about will put us on the path of this green line. Now, I've shared a lot with you today, and some of this can get overwhelming. I know I was overwhelmed when I was looking at all of this in my research. Now, this is not my quote, but it's still my favorite quote. And I want to leave you with this, which is that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So as you think about the levels of ownership, as you think about maybe the times when you had experiences that resembled that of person B, those were trees that may have been missed 20 years ago, or even just last week. The actions you take today, those are the trees that will blossom into entire forests for the long career that awaits you all. I wanna end with one last poll, which is what's one thing you'll try to do differently starting tomorrow? And I'd love to hear from you all. What's one thing from this presentation from Aida's keynote that you all will look forward to, to doing starting tomorrow? And I'd love for you all to start sharing this with us. Many of you are talking about speaking up, looking for a mentor, being more intentional, showing commitment, being enthusiastic about your work, speaking up, taking ownership of projects, <laughs> buying my book. <laughs> You're too kind, thank you so much. Managing differently, being conscious of your actions and being bold, moving from following to strategizing, taking on challenging tasks, of course, doing well in those tasks, synthesizing, networking, sharing your point of view. Now, I know we're running very short on time here, so this is terrific. I'm unfortunately not gonna have time to capture all of your results. But I do want to wish you all good luck. You're already well on your way. And I would love for you all to give me some feedback. I, I'm always looking to improve. So if you still have the Pull Everywhere link up, it's going to be activated with a few questions on how I can improve. But if you'd like to stay in touch, which I would encourage all of you to do, find me on LinkedIn, find me on social media. And with that, I'll hand it back to, to Teresa. Well, thank you, Gorik, for a fantastic presentation. I've been reading the chat, and I can certainly say that um, our audience has found your presentation to be very valuable, and I have as well. And um, I can see that this will be the beginning of, of a long relationship, and we look forward to 
uh, figuring out how we're going to do more together in the future. So thank you very much for, for being so generous with your time and your knowledge. And, um, and that's just great. Thank you. Thank you, Gorik. Well, please don't run away because we are not done yet. Um, we would now like to have um, you participate in various breakout groups so that we can hear from you. We want to learn from those who are here today what you want us to do in the future. We want to know what your, what your training needs are and how we can develop more for you. So um, we are going to, we have six facilitators who are from Africa.com and you will automatically be assigned to one of six rooms and um, we will have 20 minutes there and then we will come back and, um, and hear the All summary. Right. Well, I think that we're, we're gonna go through by group number um, and I, our, we had a great group and I'm so excited. And I think Mariti is going to report back. And Mariti, why don't you report? I think it would be most useful if you just focus on question number two, what skills people want. Can you report on that portion that we heard from our group? And we have some very pithy, short, nice, long and intelligent list. Mariti? Of course, thank you, Theresa. Um, so what we have written down for a big um, skills that people want to learn is time management. And it seems to be a big case, especially when it comes to women who um, have taken time off of work to be mothers and how to get back into the scene. So the time management kind of can help with building that as well as confidence skills seem to be a big part of it and effectiveness skills, how to take what we learn and to implement them into the roles that we're going to play in our corporate lives. Mentorship, um, both how to find and be a confident mentor. Um, negotiation skills, especially when it comes to, again, that confidence and being able to speak up in certain situations. I think there was a concern that a lot of women in the corporate world don't negotiate enough. Um, relationship management and relationship skills, which all I think tie into emotional intelligence were big skills for um, just communication in general and being able to negotiate. And I think that can push up actually a lot of the other skills. Um, collaboration skills and teamwork building is definitely some of the big ones that we would like to see. Um, I know a lot of people suggested the cultural map as a suggested reading just so that we can learn how to, um, again, with the confidence and the emotional intelligence and the learning skills, conflict management skills, and then finding and learning um, new tools for networking and being able to do that. Education and self-presentation, were the other skills that people wanted to um, dimension learning and youth development, youth development, just to fuel it forward. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mariti. And thank you to my group. We had a great group. It was wonderful being in the breakout with you. And now I'm going to move on to the next one. Hi, Teresa. So in our group, we didn't have any volunteers, but I'm happy to feed back on one or two points that the our group uh, gave. I think we had a we had a robust conversation, um, lots of people fed back. I think what was quite a useful one point, if we can feed back, is the, the group felt that it was, um, how it, was it, was very, it was super useful to have insights from overseas. So on that question where there was, um, do you prefer local or abroad speakers? They were all, everyone said they, they, they highly recommended having abroad speakers that kind of interaction where there was um, viewpoints from outside your country, outside Africa, out in the whole world, we're a global village. 
is essentially the kind of mindset that our team kind of felt very strongly about. So, um, discussions. Yeah, I think that was a, I think that was the st a very strong point that everyone that spoke agreed quite uh, strongly on that. Thank you so much for that. Excellent, excellent, Nelly. Thank you, Teresa. We. Our group was awesome and we got a volunteer by the name Gufas. Hello everyone. I'm speaking on behalf of room five. And where are you coming from, Gufas? Um, what country are you in? Abuja, Abuja, Nigeria. Wonderful. Um, the questions, we had four questions on whether the virtual training works. It was agreed, it works, it builds confidence in most people. And um, yeah, it was it works coupled with the skills too. Will help a lot. Goes a long way. Then the skills necessary for whatever we, it was. So many strategic skills were particularly emphasized: leadership skills, communication skills, and a host of other skills. But like I said, strategic skills and leadership skills were very uh, relevant. Then talking about um, instructors, a combination of both was the general consensus in our group, a combination of both local and international instructors. Then receiving certificates. Yes, certificates uh, were, some said it wasn't necessary. It wasn't the acquisition of skills was more important, but in the long run certificates too played a very major role in confirming your credibility and uh, knowledge gained, at least if you are looking for a job or whatever it is, when you have a certificate, it proves more, at least they can vouch on that certificate. Then outside of the questions asked, the issue of whether video, video should be made compulsory for participants, that was uh, more like a 50-50 thing. And it was concluded it was best if it was for, for a job, a, a working environment training. But for something that is, um, it's not, uh, it's not, if it is from a working place, yes, it can be made compulsory. But for something like this, it's not necessary for videos to be compulsory. And I think that is what was eventually wrapped up from the group or concluded from the group session. Fantastic. Excellent. Great report. Thank you. Very useful insights that we will incorporate. Okay. Um, Nel, um, Milka, we're going to hear from, from you and your group. Yes, yeah, I am. We were group three and we had quite a talkative group, I must say, which was really nice. And I think we got a lot of input. Um, I just forgot to write down the name for the lady who was going to give us all the notes. So I'm hoping that she will raise her hand and give us her, um, yeah, what do you call it? A summary of what we spoke about. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Great. So that's Doyen from Nilkes. Is that right, Doyen? Yes, that's right, Teresa. My name is Doyen and I'm speaking from Nigeria. Um, on behalf of my group, for the first question, everyone thought that virtual training were um, the preferred option because it would work with timing and also it would be very important so that 
uh, a variety of people would have the privilege to participate as opposed to um, traveling to meet in person. But someone also said that um, we should try to incorporate in-person sessions as well so that we can foster the extra layer of personal connectivity. Also for the second question, the skills that are very essential to move up the corporate ladder, effective communication, leadership skills, interpersonal engagement, negotiations, and um, uh, an adequate knowledge on financial analysis. Mm -hmm. Very important. Very important. As you may know, we are doing a listening tour with the 50 women who are on the list of the definitive list of CEOs. And that last point you make, Doyen, is one that all of them have made, the importance of having financial skills, that it, you can't get to the top if you can't read a budget, um, don't understand a balance sheet. So that last one is really, really very important. And I hear everything you've said, and we will do that. And we will also pay particular attention to that last point. Excellent. All right, thank you. Also, um, for the instructors, everybody said a combination of both. So that's the foreign and the home instructors to promote a diversity of knowledge also. Then certification was a 50-50 thing. Some people decided that certifications were really important as a means of proof that you actually have this knowledge that you're claiming to have. Also, some people said they do not mind having, not having a certificate rather, just so they can focus more on what they're going to achieve than trying to get a certificate. Yes, Excellent. that's all from our group. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Doyen and Nilka for your group. We appreciate your contributions, important contributions, all really fantastic quality discussions, thrilled. Laura, um, we come to your group. I think you're our last group to present. Yep. Hi, Teresa. Um, I had a group that were very engaged and lots of interesting points were shared and no problems with getting a volunteer. So that speaks to the different levels on Gorik's presentation. Um, Precious Gutubu is, is my volunteer, so I hope she's still with us, otherwise I can give some feedback. So Precious, if you can unmute yourself. Yeah, Precious from Kenya. Fantastic, welcome Precious from Kenya. Thanks. So on whether the, this virtual training works well, uh, everyone said yes, it works really well and it's great to be able to attend these uh, ses sessions from everywhere in the world uh, in the comfort of your home. The skills that we need to climb the corporate ladder, are networking and doing it right, uh, building meaningful relationships, uh, leadership skills, um, how to work in a team, mentorship, time management, especially for working moms, communication, how, how to address people who are above you and speaking up in meetings. Also having the right attitude that will align with uh, your company's yeah, 
uh, about whether we would like instructors from abroad or local. Um, I guess it was a mix. Uh, every, everyone said it's okay to have a mix. Um, but we did have a few that pointed out that in Africa, we have certain cultures that are unique to, to Africa and African speakers would be best to help us navigate those issues, especially in work workplaces and industries that are male dominated, how to deal with the issues, the yeah. cultural issues and stuff like that, yeah. No, I just, I, I said that, that on your last point, I'd just like to comment that we actually talked about that in our group, um, that we, uh, and apologies to my group for repeating this, but I want to say to everyone, you know, we're, we're working on the listening tour of all the women CEOs on the definitive list of women CEOs. And, um, and the last point you make is so important uh, because we found that, I mean, these women, I mean, they're at the top of these large listed corporations and they, you know, minimum value of 150 million, huge companies. And, you know, these women are quite, quite, you know, senior. And the last point you made is exactly one that they made that culturally it's difficult for them to network. Um, what if they're seen out in the evening at a restaurant with a male client? Um, you know, I think that the, the cultural nuances are really, really important. And so thank you for, for making that point. And uh, we hear you and we will respond accordingly. It's very important. The last question about certification, everyone agreed that it's the knowledge we're seeking more than anything, but for to show people that we have uh, gone through this training and uh, show them and back up what we're saying with proof, I guess that certification would be important. Fantastic. Yeah. Great report. Thank you again. Wonderful report. Um, Teresa? Yes. Teresa, group six, unfortunately, yes. did not have a facilitator. Okay. But we do have a spokesperson that might like to engage with you for a moment to represent group six. And I do apologize that we had that problem for them. No, I, I got a direct message from, is it uh, Mocomborero? Yes. All right. So are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for rolling with us. This is the first time we've done breakout groups with this many people, and we did have a little bit of a hiccup. So I'm sorry you didn't get a facilitator, but I'm really glad you're there and that you're going to no, represent. No, that's okay. Um, Thank you. It was a team effort. Everyone was quite proactive, to be honest. Just out of curiosity, have you read all the books behind you? <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> Okay, um, so most of what has been said was also alluded to within our group. But the one thing that stuck out for all of us is the, import the practicality of Gorit's presentation. Um, there was a lot of talk about how there's so many motivational speakers now who tend to hype you up, but don't really tell you traceable steps that you can implement and review over time. So I think those questions that we answered on the poll, it would be good to have probably a quarterly review um, where we keep assessing ourselves for progress over time. And then there was also one request for probably um, language translators. Um, there was one lady in our group who speaks 
mainly French. So some of what we discussed in the groups, she, she wasn't able to fully understand. But overall, the, the emphasis was on the, the practicality of the presentation, especially by Gorik. So thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you for stepping up and especially all of you in group six. It seems like, you know, you've got the skills that Gorak talked about, you know, you know, no facilitator, no problem. We're here to lead. We're going to take charge and, and, uh, and manage this situation. So wonderful to all of you. That's fantastic. Okay, well, I want to thank everyone who has participated in this session. We hope that you found it to be valuable. We are going to be taking all of your feedback and looking to develop more courses for you in 2022. Um, as I've mentioned before, we, um, we're, learning to, we're looking to collect data so that we can get corporate sponsors to pay for this work um, so that you don't have to. So the more data you give us, um, the more helpful it is to us to be able to present it to, to others who can fund the continuation of this work. So that's why we ask so many questions. If you've registered for this, we will start to send you next week for free um, the Everyday MBA, 160 uh, character uh, message by email that will give you some guidance written by Harvard MBAs in areas of finance, marketing, um, human resources. You'll get one every day for one month. So with that, um, we really want to thank you for being with us for such a long time, giving us so much of your time, your thoughts, your input. And um, we hope that we will see you again in 2022 on more sessions uh, like this on the topics that you've told us are important to you. And I should probably say one last thank you. And that of course is to our sponsor, our thought leadership partner, Standard Bank, who have helped us with every element of this. I really wanna thank you to Syl and to Catalejo for your help. And we also thank British Petroleum and we thank Old Mutual, without whom this session would not have been possible today. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks we love you. you. Thank you so thank you. much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.